0: Why don't we spend a bit of time in the Bible and, and um, Holy Spirit, as we spend some time in your word this morning, we ask that you would just cause it to be alive to our hearts and to our heads and to our body. We pray, Father, that um, as we spend time in the Bible, you would empower our life with you. You would transform our activities by the power of your word and your love. We welcome you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I shouldn't have had any of those chocolates because now I'm like tonguing for more. <laughs> mm. Hey, firstly, I just want to say thank you. John Wood, On behalf of John Woodrow and myself, John is... Uh, he's probably getting on an aeroplane in a few hours and he lands back here in Brisbane from Perth tonight at about 7. He spent the week this week over there with his parents catching up with them after we spent some time down in sort of the southern south if you're looking at the map it's kind of the southeastern southwestern section of of western australia that does sound confusing i know Hey, wine region, region. well, (laughs) where we were, it was all wheat, (laughs) just wheat (laughs) everywhere, and canola, just fields and fields and fields of canola, and um, one of the, I've never seen anything like that in my life before, where uh, the, the canola fields are flowering, and they're yellow, yeah, so when you look at the hills from a distance, there's just like, whole sides of the country that are just these massive big strips of, of yellow in the distance, and it's an, it's an amazing thing to see. So anyway, uh, we, uh, we spent time in this uh, little place called Wajin, Western Australia. It, it feels like it's in the middle of nowhere, but it is somewhere. <laughs> it is somewhere because we went there, and um, while we were there, we met with about 50 to 60 people from all sorts of regional towns and farms and, um, that are living out in these massive expanses of our country. And they're often living in isolation. And, um, and yet, way out there, there's these people that love Jesus. And it's just amazing to get together with them. And uh, it was a very special time... The the Lord was incredibly generous with his um, with his Holy Spirit. The power of God was very manifest in our gatherings, and um, they just are so hungry for God and fellowship. I mean, the power of fellowship. These guys live very isolated lives. These men and women, and they're often in small country towns where there's only just like two or three believers in that sort of that whole area. For, for hundreds of kilometers. And when they get together, these guys really understand fellowship. They are so hungry to be with other believers. And I was just like, I, I said to them, a few of them, I said, you, you just lay hands on me. I want, I want the value of what you have um, because you guys understand fellowship. And when they get together, they are so um, given to the Lord and, and to each other. Just to be together, is, it's, it's such a joy for them. And something that, you know, we, uh, we city folk that have got to drive more than 10 kilometres to get to church struggle with. But these guys, like I asked one I asked one um, couple, I said, where did you come from? And they said, well, we actually, we actually came from Geraldton. Now, Geraldton is like, why, it's about like from here to... Uh, Rocky, maybe here to Rockhampton. They said, oh yeah, we drove for this. We're like, really? You came this far? They said, yeah, yep. Yeah, we came for this. We came to this little town 12 months ago and we, as soon as we heard that you guys were coming again, we thought, that's it, we're going again. So they just jumped in their cars and they just drove for hours just to get there and out of their isolation and into the power of the fellowship. And I tell you, it's something special. God loves it when his people come together like that. He loves it when his kids come together like that and they're hungry for him and for blessing each other and building each other up. This is still a bit ringy for me. Can, can, we, can I don't know if we can do something about that, Sam, but I'm going to keep going. If you can just sort of work on it for me a bit, that would be great. Um, <clears throat> now... Uh, what I do want to do this morning is I want to spend just a little bit of time now. Bo, I'm going to get you to put that PowerPoint up for me that's there called Belonging Part 4. And I've left my iPad at home this morning, so you're going to have to sort of track with me a little bit. And, um, and if you could sort of put the slides up as, as we need them, that would be great. What I, what I want to do this morning is I want to uh, touch on a little bit more about this idea of the power of belonging and breaking the the works of isolation and alienation off our lives and and finding our place with God and with his church and his his people in the earth and what his kingdom is up to in the earth. Um, And um, belonging has a lot to do with it, this whole idea of belonging. If you have your Bible, quickly open it for me to Acts chapter 2. And in Acts chapter 2, we have here, Luke has recorded of a, a, a small snapshot of what the early Christian church was like as the Holy Spirit was being poured out on people. And that what was happening was uh, from all different tribes and language groups and, and um, social groups, uh, the Spirit of God was being poured out. On men and women alike, and there was this coming together, this group that was forming in the earth, and it was—it's it's known as the fellowship of believers, or, or as we understand it, we might call it today the the church, the ones that God has called out to come and live together and reflect who He is for the good of the world, and um, so. So Luke here has just kind of touched on this. And if you have it there, I want you to open chapter 2, verse 42. Chapter 2, verse 42, it's titled The Fellowship of Believers. And says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave as anyone had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad. And sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. Isn't that a great, like, snapshot of what was happening as the Holy Spirit was being poured out on the people in the earth? It's just this great picture of what was going on, and um, lots of dynamic activity. Of the kingdom breaking in, lots of kind of, um, uh, you know, hunger to be together, and this sense of belonging was growing. And now it's interesting at the very start of that section there, it says, They devoted themselves. Now it's important that we pick up on that, those few words, they devoted themselves. Now the idea of devotion. And I touched on this idea of devotion a couple of weeks back, um, and the, the sense of that word means steadfastness, or a, a sense of resolutely being resolutely given. There's a sense of fidelity about it, and um, it's it's interesting to note, and that these guys, Luke noticed that they gave themselves. One of the outworkings of living under the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is you will choose to make actions of devotion. The Spirit is on you. You need to bring your will to what the Spirit is doing. Often we'll sit in a place of passivity and expect all of the work to be done on God's end, and it is done. He has... This is a wonderful illustration. He has poured out his Spirit. And as people who live under the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, you want to make choices. And it says here the choices that they made were that they devoted themselves. It wasn't the Holy Spirit that devoted them to what was going on. But living under the Spirit, they brought their will to what God was doing. They brought their whole lives under what God was doing. And they chose, in response to what God was doing, to devote themselves. Now, you know, Nick and I, we've been married nearly 23 years. And um, (coughs) how how does she know that uh, I, I belong to her? Well, I belong to her because I devote myself to her. I'm not asking anyone else to do it. <laughs> it's because That's because the nature of belonging, of, of living under the goodness of God on your life, you choose to want to give yourself. And this is what these guys were doing. They were giving themselves to God. And I just want to unpack a little bit of what devotion looks like or the, the, the elements of devotion. You know, when when I met Nicole, and I, I, I you know, I, it's kind of a mysterious thing that happened, but I saw her walk through the door. And as she walked through the door, for the first time, I, I kind of, my eye went to her, and something mysterious took place. There was a, she was at that end of the room, I was over this end of the room, she walked through the door, but a connection happened between the two of us. Now, we didn't realise what that connection was until we gave ourselves to what was happening. As we were realising that there was a connection being made towards each other, so we gave ourselves to each other with greater and greater measures of devotion. To the point where now, 23 years later, we are continuing to grow in daily devotion towards each other, being given to each other. But there was a meaningful connection that took place from the first moment, and it happens in the daily moments. God is looking for, as he's pouring out his spirit well, he's not looking for, he's inviting people into the power of a meaningful connection with him. A very meaningful connection. So much so that it will continually, it will completely reauthor your life as you know it. You know, the story's been good to this point for your life or maybe the story hasn't been such a wonderful story to this point in life. Either way, as, the, as you realise the connection that's being made is meaningful and not just a fly-by-night experience, the power of devotion increases, you will give yourself more wholeheartedly to that process and there you will find the experience of belonging. Belonging. I think a lot of people struggle to belong to God because they haven't realized God is wanting to make a meaningful connection with them. Both in the church and in the world. There's a lot of people in the body of Jesus that have not had a meaningful connection with God. They've had connections with ideas about God. Their intellect has been stimulated by the thinking of God, thinking about God. But they haven't come into this, they devoted themselves. God wants to bring us into the power of, they devoted themselves. And so too, he wants to bring us into greater measures of that. You see, a significant connection was made that day when I looked at Nick and she looked at me. And it caused me to want to all of a sudden reorder my life because she was now in my sphere of daily living and thinking and my emotions. And so I reordered my life accordingly. And the thing is, it wasn't just that um, Nicole was um, another connection in my life. She was a significant connection, a very significant connection. Jesus wants to be a very significant connection for all of our lives. He connects us to the Father. He, connects, he heals us of our brokenness. He restores our lives. He gives us hope, and he uses us to extend his kingdom in the earth. He wants us to realize he is not just another connection. And we went all through this in the book of Colossians last month or so. Jesus is not just a God, he is the great high God. He is a significant connection when you connect with him. And it's one that, um, even as my relationship with Nicole over the years has brought, it's brought greater degrees of intimacy and transparency and honesty. So it is with God as well. Um, God wants to take our relationships from being just from being a significant connection to one of meaningful commitment. You see, when... The reason why we don't see the body of Jesus empowered, advancing the kingdom, and threatening the gates of the works of the enemy in the world today is, is, is for this very reason, we have not given ourselves to a meaningful commitment in light of the significant connection that's taking place. Now, what do I mean by that? Well... A couple of weeks ago, uh, in June, uh, John and Naomi were here. Now, their the story of John and Naomi's life among us, before we sent them to Melbourne to, um, to pastor the Westgate Vineyard, was that they had a significant connection with Jesus And that significant connection with Jesus led their life to be reordered for the next 10 years to the point where before they left here to go there and pastor the people in Melbourne, they stood up the front here and they made vows. They made meaningful vows expressing the depth of their commitment to the connection that they'd made with Jesus and his call on their life. That vow, those vows they were making were they devoted themselves. You get the picture? When I married Nick, we, our significant connection led us to this place where we wanted to stand in front of everybody that we knew and loved and invited into that moment and we made vows to each other. Because this, the connection was so significant in our life towards each other and for each other, the next progressive development was, um, this is so meaningful to me. And I'm going to give myself wholeheartedly to this relationship. And we use the term vows for something like that. You know those ones, um, I, um, uh, for richer, for poorer, in sickness in health, and in health. In all of these experiences, we're saying we're for each other. We're devoted. We're resolutely steadfast and given. Now, I'm not saying that we all need to run around and make vows. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that vows are often a a very good expression and overflow of the heart that's had a very significant encounter with Jesus. I mean, it may be, you know, I I keep kind of re-articulating this lately, and, and, and that is that Jesus didn't come into your life. You came into his. You came into his life. And he invited you to lay your life down and take up the life, his resurrection life through baptism. You laid it down. You buried your life. And received new life. He, You, you, you came into his, his life, his story, his purposes, his plans. And that's what vows look like. That's what baptism is. I mean, we've got some more baptisms coming up in October. But that's what baptism is. It's an outworking of an internal grace that's taken place. Remember your baptism? For those of you who've been baptized, for those of you who haven't been baptized, you need to check in with us and we'll get you all up to speed on that before the end of October. But remember your baptism? That was you making a meaningful commitment to God. That's another expression of they devoted themselves. God's looking for people and inviting people into places of greater and greater meaningful connection. Often it's earmarked with circumstances of obedience really where god says hey will you do this for me and that's where we find the rubber hitting the road in regards to being a meaningful commitment to god over time devotion grows and finally the last thing is in my relationship with nicole Is the one of participating in the relationship with all my mind, with all my strength, and with all my heart. That's what God invites us to in our relationship with Jesus active, honest participation. This is what it feels like and looks like when people are growing in their sense of belonging to God and the fellowship of believers. These are the dynamics that grow in us. God is looking and releasing significant connectivity for people to get connected to him. You know, just on Friday, Nicole and I had to go into a meeting in that Fortitude Valley, and on the way in, I don't drive into the valley much at all these days, and, but anyway, we're going along Gympie Road, and we get to Everton Park there, and we jump in the tunnel, you know, drive through the tunnel there. And, and that tunnel... Um, you know we jumped in that and drove out and the other end it brought us to just near the hospital and we took a flyover and there there you, there you go we were at the valley and that tunnel took about I don't know 20 minutes of stress and anxiety off our life that otherwise if we took y road would have had on us you know there was no traffic, it was free flowing, it just was like it was easy i didn 't have to think about it, but that tunnel connected me from where we were to where we needed to be quite seamlessly and and God wants to bring us into and connect us to just like that tunnel, the realities of Jesus as Lord and Savior, and like that tunnel being connected. To Jesus, it leads us powerfully into a significant connection to the Christ, to the church. It gets us from where we are to where he wants to bring us. It brings us more and more into the power of, and they devoted themselves underneath the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 12 says, The body or the church... This is Paul writing he uses a great picture he says is a unit as in one unit the body or the church is a unit a singular unit though it is made up paul says of many parts through all its part, although all its parts are many they form one body one body Being connected to God with a significant connection with Jesus brings us into the power of being connected to the church of Jesus. It's like getting in at the start of the tunnel at Everton Park and popping out there at Fortitude Valley. This is what God wants to do with us by being connected to Christ. He is the connector. He wants to, under the power of His Spirit, bring us into greater connectivity. Um, Now... One of the things I love about um, the kingdom life is that God realises that he's made me, uh, I'm talking about made me Kirk, um, he's made me to be this kind of character that is, um, I want it to mean something when I do something. You know, I I want... my actions, my choices, my words, my parenting, my marriage, my use of finance. I want it to count. I want it to somehow have meaning and power attached to it in such a way that it helps establish the reign of God in the earth. I I don't want to just see a plate go past me and flick a few bucks at it because I didn't think about it. I don't, I don't want to just turn up and, oh, someone else will look after this for me when it comes to being with the fellowship of believers. I, 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 when you get grafted into Jesus under the power of the Spirit, you want your actions to be meaningful. You want your acts of service and your demonstrations of love for each other to have meaning and significance and power. And I, I think I'm not the only one in the room like that. I think that's how God has geared all of us. We don't want to waste our time. We want our time to really count. We want it to have meaning. And so by living in that space, God continues to invite me, I know, me, into places where it means more and more. It costs me more and more. Not, it's, not, it's, it's just that sense of, well, here you go, you've been faithful with this, that's wonderful, now come and play in this field. And the stakes are bigger and higher and wider and the risk deepens and it's like, oh God, are you the same here as you were back there? But he calls us into that because he knows we want our lives to be meaningful, meaningful. Like my relationship with Nick and my kids and with you guys as, as the church here, as the Fellowship Believers at Pine Rivers, we want this stuff to be meaningful. Like significant and meaningful. We want to live in the power of all of the fullness of being under the Holy Spirit and they devoted themselves. We want to see the kingdom come. We want to see lives healed. We want to see more churches planted. We want to see our nation turn to Jesus. We want to see the acts of mercy that flow out from this place day in, day out. We want to see that count in the face of poverty and brokenness and isolation. We want to see it mean something. We want to see it mean Jesus. I love that idea of being a part of a body. One part of, you know, or or, or one body. And Paul says here in 1 Corinthians 12, 26 and 27, he says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. You know, there's this connectivity thing that God is mysteriously doing by the power of his spirit for believers. To the point where when you're having a bad day, I know about it. Not because you've rung me. Because the Holy Spirit tells me. And so I pray. So too you. And the, now, when I strip that last comment of all the spiritual overtones and things that you probably just put to that, really what I'm doing is I'm going about my day and someone's name or picture or thought will just rush through my mind or my heart. And I, I need to pray for them. That's what it means to be connected. So it's like, you know, over the years as a church, you know, we've, we've, members of our, our church family have gone on to be with the Lord into, into the age to come. And, and as that part of the family grieves, so we all grieve. And that when this part of the family gets stricken with illness, the whole part, the whole family feels it, the whole body feels it. You can try and ignore it. Sure, you can try and ignore it. But Paul says that, you know, we are so connected. And it's like when one, party, one part of the body is celebrated and honoured and lifted up and like God has advanced their life. So we all take great joy in that for them and for ourselves. There's this connectivity that goes on in the body of Jesus. There's nothing like this in the whole world Philippians 2 talks about, you know, um, think not just of your own needs, but be, be consciously aware of the needs of those around you, to the point where it, literally Paul's saying in Philippians 2 there, he's saying, not just think about what they need, but let your thoughts be so given that your life will bring meaning and significance to their needs, and you'll pour yourself into that. Not just think about it, but it's a I've been touched, I'm thinking, I'm connected to God's people. My heart is stirred. I want to be be given and poured out for that, for that person and their needs. Meaning. We all want meaning. Now, this is it. Paul says it. Now, if one part is honored, every part rejoices with us. Now, listen, he declares something over everyone who is a follower of Jesus. He says, now, you are the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ and each one of you has a part in it. Identity and belonging. I've discovered over the years that meaningful commitment or devotion is only entered into with greater and greater measures as we've been able to move past the power of our own brokenness, the lies of the enemy and the spirit of insignificance. In that declaration, you are the body of Christ. Paul is declaring you are significant to the purposes of God in the earth. And when you don't realize that, you're missing out on your true identity and your true place in functioning in the body of Christ. Jesus says, You and I are significant. Honest participation, you know, it's such a joy to see the many ways in which the many servant-hearted people here at Vineyard Pine Rivers over the years choose to keep participating by saying yes to the transforming power of God's love to their heart and their life. I've watched so many people continue to choose, even in the area of um, uh, relationships where it's been hard, where they haven't tracked in health before, but... But they've said, yes, God, and they've made the hard yards. They've realized the significance of what's at stake. It's become meaningful to them, and they've come into the fruit of that process and that journey. I've seen people do that with their relationships. I've seen people do that with their finances. I've seen people do that with regards to being used by God. Did you know that when each and every one of you believers that walked in here today, the Holy Spirit was come upon you to say, you are so significant, Only you can bring what I want to bring to the people around you today the way that you can bring it, such is my grace on your life. Did you realize that? If we didn't, then we don't realize you are the body of Christ. They met together daily. They ate together. They had great crazy times together in the generosity of God. I love watching... People just continue to say, yes, God, to letting him transform their lives. I love the way that people continue to risk, just risk saying, you know what? This person is unwell, be it here or on the streets. This person is unwell and God's spirit is upon me and he's anointed me to bring good news to that situation. I love watching people risk. I love watching God grow people because they're realizing the significance and the meaning of why they've been grafted into Christ. And they move in the power of who they are and whose they are. I love watching people here through acts of mercy and daily choices continue to say, yes, God, I want to participate. Honestly, this is how I feel today. But here I am. I love watching people choosing to participate by saying, let me serve the Father's heart for every child that comes into this place that he's given us to love and care for. I love watching people just honestly turning up and asking God, what's my place? How can I serve? Show me. You know, I thought it was wonderful last week, and I just want to say thanks to Corey. He just brought an amazing message last Sunday morning. It was an incredible pastoral message, and it's just wonderful. And there's going to be more of that for you, Corey, in the days to come. But there's a wonderful story of, of you know, I've had the pleasure of watching Corey grow over the years that, that he's been with us here at Vineyard Pine Rivers. Of you know, you heard in his story last week when he first arrived here, he was he was shrivelled up, burned up and kind of a wreck. But God loved on him and loved on him and loved on him. And he gave himself to that journey of of saying, Yes, Lord. And he had his whole world reordered because Jesus was making a significant connection to his life. And now Corey's actions have meaning. And because of his, that, those actions having meaning, he has a deeper and deeper belonging. And the deeper and deeper his belonging is, the more he keeps wanting to make vows of, I'm devoting myself. I'm devo- Let me. He keeps putting his hand up. Show Where is a gap? Let me serve. Let me do. Let the, this is how it works. But did you hear that story last week where he shared about the young lady at the football, at the soccer? That he, he went to the soccer and... He was with Taj, I think, and they were at train. Was it training when it first happened? They were at training, soccer training. One of the young ladies at at um, her her family was on the sideline, and she had a I don't know what the exact condition of the knee was. Do you know what it was? interior Interior ligament was snapped. So Corey, because of his significant connection with Jesus. And the meaningful power of that connection went to a place of great risk. And he said, my Jesus can help you. And he went with Taj and they prayed for her. And they laid hands on this young lady's knee. And the power of God comes upon her. And she is healed. Now this, this, this young lady, she, she was like... Um, She was then here the following Friday night for youth group. She was like, I want in on this. And then after Sunday, Corey's message, he was just about ready to leave and walk out the door, and she was here on Sunday, and you know what she said to Corey? I want to know Jesus. I want Jesus. And she came to know Jesus. Now, if that isn't such... That's just awesome in itself, isn't it? That's just like... And then there's the icing on the cake, which was the doctors. She went to see the doctors on, on Monday, I think, or Tuesday. And the doctors were like, what's going on here? She's all well. She's healed. This is, this, is, this is what it, a lifestyle of being devoted looks like. This is where it will lead us. When we get connected, we realize there's this, Jesus is standing there making a significant connection to our life. Not just any connection, a significant connection. One that will reorder our life and bring meaning to our actions. And the reason why we don't feel like we belong is because we don't have any meaning to our actions. And the reason why we don't have meaning to our actions is because we're not investing in and devoting ourselves to that significant relationship with Jesus. Come on, people of God. It's a new season. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. He's anointed you to preach good news, bring good news, open the eyes of the blind, proclaim the kingdom. Isn't that, I just love that story of Corey's life, you know, being completely revolutionized by God. Acts 2, 45 and 47 says it like this. They sold their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as they had need. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. As we overcome the power of our internal insignificance and the lies of the enemies, because we are realizing the hope of glory, which is Christ in you, we now walk into greater and greater experiences of honest participation. The more hungry you get with God, the more he will say, let me use you here. You are the body of Christ. Belonging is a journey with Jesus. It is under the work of the Holy Spirit and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit where we do come into significance. Our lives have meaning. And we can honestly participate, knowing that, hey, today I feel like this, but I know who you are, God. I know who you are, God, because I've had a significant encounter with you. I know who you are. Today, God is inviting us again, by the power of his Holy Spirit, devote yourself to the Lord. The Father's heart for you today could not be any bigger and greater than to devote yourself to the Lord. Be given, be steadfast. Fidelity. I'm here for you, Jesus. Such is the significance of your presence in my life. He will bring meaning to your relationships. He will bring meaning to The very cry in your heart for identity. He will bring meaning to your finances if you would just follow him. He will bring meaning to your work and your efforts in the workplace. He will bring meaning, significant, powerful meaning. The kingdom will come in the way that you parent, the way that we parent, the way that we do church, the way that we love each other, the way that we do acts of kindness and mercy to the poor and the hungry in our region devotion, they devoted themselves to the Lord. That's how we're going to pray today. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to bring more of an increase in our response to his invitation for a devoted life.